Hello. Hello and welcome to another episode of Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. This week we are tackling the topic of contacts. Mm, that sounds curious. Tell Thanks us more, so Helen. Much. We were considering the fact that a lot of the classical music industry is quite a small world. And I think often when you start to dig a little bit deeper, you start to realize that actually everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we'd do an episode on contacts. The idea that the classical music industry is in itself quite small. We're going to talk about the pros of that. The cons of that, we're also going to talk about how you can use your contacts, having the confidence to approach people that you know and ask them for the things that you need. We'll talk a little bit about the fact that because it's such a slightly small and closed world, we would recommend taking that time to perhaps separate that, you know, having that difference between friends and colleagues. But then also the fact that because it is a small world, it means that it's not that hard for you to get in touch with the people that you really want to speak to. So to kickstart, we're going to have a chat about how There are a lot of pros, actually, to having these contacts and to classical music being this slightly smaller world. Al, do you want to kick off on this one? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it, where if you're sort of in the right right network of people Mm. and you happen to have the right friends, then doors open magically for you. Mm. They really do. And with very little effort. Yeah. You know, because... It's, oh, someone, someone told someone about you and then they, 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 they just happened to be sitting at the back of your concert and they thought, wow, you are a really good counter-turner. <laughs> um, so, I wonder who we're talking about. You know, <laughs> everything sort of rolls naturally yes, without, yes. well, you see some people and it's like, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's all just luck, really. You know, I didn't really have to lift a finger. It's like, well, it's not luck. It's, it's, it's such contacts. a big game of who you know. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were very lucky. Definitely. In, well, in that sense. It often reminds me, I, again, God, I love an analogy, but it makes me think about when you're looking for a really good restaurant and you ask your friends for like their recommendations as to where somewhere they might want to go and eat. And because they're your friends and they're the people that you trust and, and care about, you really take their opinions and thoughts seriously. And I think there's this similar kind of air in this world where it's like, oh, have you heard anybody good recently? And then, you know, that word of mouth travels and all of a sudden people that are potentially helpful to you are at the back of a performance that you might Mm, be giving. mm -hmm. But I think also, and I believe something that you're really very good at, Alex, is having confidence in these networking, we're going to use the term, I absolutely hate it, but we're going to get into it, having confidence in these networking situations. Would that be fair to say? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. I think, I mean, you know, it comes from my upbringing in a sense where you know we were (laughs) sounds so great my upbringing doesn't it (laughs) yeah I suppose you know when my parents had friends over for dinner or something like that then not that it was like child network with them but you know I I would always chat to them yeah or try my best to be like my day was really interesting today I did coloring in um you know uh so and then school sort of propagated that and everything and of course at university 
it's all a, like a heightened version of that isn't yeah. it so so you learn to make conversation essentially exactly mm-hmm. yes yes and that was a big that was a big point at school yeah and i think sort of underlying point at home as well just like mm-hmm. making normal conversation there is there's just this underlying confidence yeah that you're able to talk to these people i suppose also it's a fact that you know some people you're talking to it's like we have the same background sort of thing. I know it's it's terrible and it's such a like an exclusive club. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, because both parties know yeah. uh, that there are similar backgrounds and similar educations or whatever. So therefore there's this like mutual trust and understanding. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. But but that's that's how it is. Yes. And I play the game. Sorry. We do talk about not playing the game in the sense of there are certain things we really dislike about this industry. However, we thought this topic of contacts was quite an important one to broach because it is so highly prevalent in our industry. And as much as we might want to say that it doesn't affect what we do in the work we do, it absolutely does. And so in talking about this, I think we're hoping to like give a little bit of insight, but also give singers and performers the backbone and confidence to believe that we all can do it, no matter where we come from, who we are, what our upbringing is, we all have contacts that we can utilise. This is the thing. And, you know, as you said, if you have a word of mouth suggestion from a friend as to which restaurant you go to, it's essentially the same in all industries. You know, people people sort of get, get backdoor interviews because, oh, well, my nephew knows this person who, who says that their girlfriend is fab. So <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah, yeah wow. <laughs> um, so, you know, and it's not hidden in other Sadly industries. Sadly, it's not. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So you either, you either do it to a mm. level that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, we're mm-hmm. not suggesting anything dodgy in this no, networking no. at all. I think for me, a big thing in terms of, contacts is like knowledge i want to ascertain knowledge from certain people and often i am scared to ask for it or to, or talk to them about it and so you know in terms of contacts i'm like there are certain people i see in certain positions and i think how did you get there and all i really want is a conversation like you know it's, it's kind of like mentoring in a way and um i don't think there's anything wrong in opening conversations that allow you to glean that additional information and I think yeah as we're saying there this this small small world particularly once you've like been through the university system and then you've potentially gone on to a conservatoire where there are a lot of very talented musicians and you know talented people delivering classes and master classes and lectures and things these are opportunities in which you can make professional contacts contacts for life and it's about building those relationships and and keeping people you know in your life that you feel might be able you might be able to work with in the future if you've got a coach that really is a fantastic support and mentor to you during your time at college or academy or wherever why would you let that go so build that professional working relationship you know talk to them about what they're doing outside of college you know can they help you in terms of your first few steps after you graduate it's about i I really think it's about just having the confidence to ask those questions and Mm -hmm. i mean i'd sit here and preach it but i certainly do not practice Practice it it. yeah (laughs) i think also People love to talk about themselves, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Um, so <laughs> it's funny 
it is it's a confidence for us in a sense to ask those questions to them like yeah. oh how how did you overcome this obstacle yeah and for some reason we're worried to ask this person that however they would love to talk about it yeah. probably yeah or that that is what i have discovered anyway so you know just if you ask that question more likely than not they will answer in a nice way and you'll build a rapport with them rather than like, I don't know, throwing a martini in your face or something. (laughs) But, you know, it's people like to talk. Yes. And people, most people, like to help and impart wisdom. This is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Once again, this is a call for Helen Daniels to costuming. Of course, then, there is this, like, converse side so we just talked a little bit there about you know it's this small small world of contacts and how you can really if you want to use that to your benefit of course that's not always the case and um certainly from my perspective I found going to university quite a jump in what I was expected in terms of my socializing and networking skills now you know Alex has come from a very particular school system and I've also come from a very particular school system. And it's like, you know, we're not taught to network and we're not taught to make conversation and we're not taught how beneficial that can be. And so, you know, first year of university, we started having all these drinks receptions for people that were important to the choir. And I found that really hard to understand. And, you know, because you're so, one, so young, but two, I was feeling so uncomfortable. And so it's like, you're just drinking a lot to kind of combat the anxiety because you're like I don't know what to say to anybody here and you know I tried my best I really tried to make conversation but I think it was like I didn't ever consider that any of these people might be able to help me Mm. or like might be good to speak to it on a professional level I don't think I really understood the nature of those drinks receptions you know Mm -hmm. and I think, of course, you know, I'm 10 years older now. I would do it so differently if you asked me to do it again. But nobody really kind of explained that. And, I, you know, I was in a couple where they were slightly uncomfortable conversations and I didn't really feel able to kind of have confidence and agency. I just felt like I wanted them to end as as quickly as was humanly possible. And so, you know, that's one of those areas where it's like this kind of small world of everybody knows everybody and people are introducing you to people but everybody's kind of talking about you over you not to you and again different kind of circumstances and experiences but I did feel as a woman I seem to lose my status in mm-hmm. conversations and like I, nobody <laughs> nobody wanted to know what I had to say and particularly <laughs> where we were at university how like how many drinks receptions did we go to where people were like oh when I was here, they didn't allow women in. And you're like, brilliant. Oh, oh, you're like, oh. uh, and for them, that's probably like an opening line. Yeah, but for yeah. me, I'm like, thanks. Thanks for the heads brilliant. up. Yeah. yeah. Just remind me again, I'm a woman. That'd be great. <laughs> and then yes. kind of in addition to that, I remember working for Tenebrae and there were a lot of receptions there where we were meeting donors and people that really cared about the work. And my colleague was absolutely exceptional at at socializing and networking and Mm. keeping people sweet and remembering things about people. And I I looked at him with an absolute state of awe because I was like, I cannot believe he's so good at this. And I just, I used to feel like 
so uncomfortable and I never knew what to say and and I literally I'd just go and like do admin or like do other stuff because I was like oh this is making me really awkward I've got to go and so I go and like sit down and just keep myself out of the way but you know I, I think about it now and actually I'm like that's an important part of this industry that I wasn't able to come to terms with very well but having said a lot of these things about finding it difficult to network and communicate watching it from the outside as I did you you did get used to it being like a certain kind of behavior and a certain kind of language and often I think about like you know why don't people talk to us about networking and communicating it's such a crucial part of the industry of the career and yes, I'm sure some people would argue like it's just a natural thing. And like, oh no, this isn't like a talk thing. This is just friends and just having conversation and just catching up. And people just want to hear what you're up to and what you're about. And I, I'm afraid like I do quite strongly disagree with that. It's not that because if I went in and just went full nine bells, like joking all the time and just oh my being God, my natural no. self, I don't really feel that's what I'm supposed to be Room would be doing. Yeah, I don't think that's the language everyone is speaking. And so when... We talk about our industry having greater accessibility, greater diversity, a, a wider range of people working within it. We've got to think about that because mm. if we want you know, artists to succeed, we need to give them the tools to be able to network with these people, to be able to communicate with these people. Because at the end of the day, we all actually have the same common interest. We love mm -hmm. classical music, but backgrounds are different upbringings are different opinions are different and there's absolutely a way for everybody to communicate and for people to find out more about other people and learn about them but at the moment I still feel it's very much this kind of closed door Club. conversation and if you don't speak our language we're probably not gonna let you in and I think that's a shame and interestingly I'm going to Switzerland the pod doesn't know, but I'm going to do an opera course out there. Every week there's a class on networking and making conversation with people. And I just think that's so important because, you know, when I was reading the description of the program, I really thought, yeah, that they're actually tackling all the areas of the industry that I sometimes feel very underconfident with, like, you know, how do you approach an audition? Mm -hmm. How do you approach people that you've never met before, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought, that's great that they're going to, you know, try and guide us on like how best to network and to make conversation. And I think that, in my opinion, is something that we could really do with kind of adopting here in the UK. That'd be great, imagine. The idea that, you know, it, it can't be taught and this sort of, this weird concept... Um, I do remember that at Conservatoire, actually, we would have sort of, I suppose there were receptions for the donors for the opera school or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Post-show, mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Um, and beforehand, we were told, oh, you know, just make sure you're just yourselves and you're mingling and making conversation, mm -hmm. just make them feel really comfortable and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think because the people in charge were sort of brought up in this very easy schmoozy environment yeah. where it's just extremely natural for them um then they just assume it's natural for everyone else unless they don't make an effort so it was like oh just make the effort to do it properly and then i know yeah that would fill people with dread and fear and they would just leave early because they didn't want to do it and and they would sort of be a little bit berated for that and as you said, it's so easy to learn. It really is. I mean, think about you now compared to 
18 year old you cute. at uni huh. still cute wow <laughs> So different. <laughs> so much more back and bird cake later. Oh, yes. It's just about being uh, around those people and taught how to interact with them. Yeah. Like if you put me into a football stadium, yeah. uh-huh, then I would feel left out and run away. Yes, crying. yes. And it's the converse of that really, isn't it? And it, again, all you would need is like five or six questions mm-hmm. that put you on an even footing with the rest of the crowd. And it's exactly. essentially we're looking for the same thing here. And um, I think, you know, at 18 and 21, you're still incredibly young. And you're probably, depending on your upbringing, you've probably not experienced a huge amount of the world yet. So to be put in front of people that potentially you have no connection with or no common ground with and be told just to make an effort, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to understand what that actually entails. And so, yeah, I, I really believe not to be taught as in like, here's a script, follow the script, but to be taught in the sense of, you know, work out what interests the other person. And, and let's discuss that and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe look at who might be at the drinks before you attend. Are there people there that you want to speak to and to, you know, put, put yourself in front of? And certainly I feel now at, tw- I'm not saying my age on the podcast. Sorry, 12. I thought you were at say. the age of 12. <laughs> but certainly now I feel more confident and even, you know, about to make this move to Bern, I've already approached a few people because I want to meet them in person to talk and discuss. And I feel like I have greater agency now. That At 18, I just felt like I was a comedian. And I loved it. I wouldn't be any other way, but... You are funny. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't appropriate for those conversations. Ah, I'm changing! You know, we're kind of going around in circles now, but the closed-door nature of those conversations, it's not easy to manage. However... Part of the reason that we're making this podcast episode is that we want to give you Mm. some tips and some confidence to believe that you can use your contacts. I think everybody has contacts, no matter who they are, no matter what they're doing, no matter where they've come from, no matter where they're going. I just think sometimes we perhaps feel two things. One, that our contacts or our circle of people aren't the right people and therefore like how could we possibly get anywhere because these aren't you know that person over there or that person over there and then number two I think we're often too nervous underconfident and potentially self-deprecating to actually ask Mm. and start the conversations and ask the questions and get the help that you want in in the first place uh number three use your contacts to help you talk to other people in a sense. So, you know, if you're talking to person X, mention person Y as common ground. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm not saying that you just spend 40 minutes bitching about person Y, (laughs) but as in, it's a a nice thing to have, you know, uh, a grapple for both of you to be able to talk about. Um, Yeah, so use your contacts like that. And another thing, I remember I did this all the time. (laughs) Ha ha ha, so many people are now going to realize this. That I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember reading an article in the New Yorker about that, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> about yeah. something. And I know that's maybe a, a bad thing to lie about, but I'm just saying <laughs> that in a, if you're scared about your opinion and you're scared about what they will think of your opinion, sometimes by saying, oh yeah, I was reading something about this, or so and so mentioned this. Mm-hmm it gives you the confidence to back your own opinion. And yeah. if you back your opinion, they'll back your opinion as well. Yeah. In terms of 
having that confidence I think it does take quite some time to feel like you're able to do that but I think each little step even if it's you know that first time's a bit uncomfortable but each time you take another step it becomes more and more natural let's say or less kind of scary and um I suppose the reason we're advocating this is like everybody deserves the opportunity to mm. be the artist that they want to be and create the music that they want to create and and you know share their gifts and talents with with very open and willing audiences the nature of classical music is still quite difficult there is still this kind of let's be honest class issue there's a money issue there's a there's a there's a gender issue there's a race issue <laughs> it's great <laughs> but we're, we're we're trying to encourage the artists from every corner whoever you are to have self-confidence and to trust that if you just ask start asking the questions start asking for the things that you want start asking for the things that you need you can then push yourself further forward because I think something that massively held me back was not feeling like an established enough artist mm -hmm. to ask people for their advice or to ask people for for favors and I regret that now I wish I'd been more confident to ask because some you know talking to my partner or other people I would say that I was really scared to ask for things and they would be like why like you know the worst thing that can happen is that they say no but for me that is like Ultimate a dagger through the heart and I'm like no like re rejection or being told no makes me feel so so terrible but actually you know in this industry we're rejected all the time and as you as you start to kind of just take the waves of rejections time and time again you're like okay well I'll just keep asking questions might get rejected might not and they are right at the end of the day all somebody can do is say no and mm. actually that's not the end of the world yes I agree this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup once again this is a call for Alex Simpson to wigs and makeup I think on the nature of it being such a small world, um, something that I think we've touched on in a previous podcast, but maybe in a more jokey manner, uh, is this idea of having maybe a cleaner separation between your work friends and your totally non-related work friends. Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries, exactly. <laughs> That's the podcast episode. <laughs> that you should all go back and listen to Andrews. right now. Um, <laughs> more and more, I've realized how important that is. Which is why we as two friends are now colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hate each other now. It's a real issue. Yeah, it is such a small world. Everything that you say and everything that you do gets around mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it can get to the stage where Okay, yes, your work friends are your friends. Yes, you know, yes. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're all enemies and out to backstab you. I yes. am, but, yeah. you know, I'm not. <laughs> um, it means that you're sort of always on edge a little bit, always yep. acting a little bit. You yep. know, it's like, ah, I've got to be really fun tonight because so-and-so is in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they'll report back to the conductor or whatever, you know. So are you ever totally relaxed in that setting? I, no I don't think so so to have that clear separation between the two so you know 
if it means that you can shut the door on that, come home, have five minutes to like Whoa, about it to your partner, uh, and then and then it's out of your head. You yeah. know, you don't need to think about it anymore. But at least you. Nice little it. insight into Alex's psyche there for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> at least you've you know then you can you can fully relax. Yes, yes. And you don't need to be worried that your partner is going to spread that. Well, <laughs> great partner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh-uh. He might. <laughs> Get him. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And I think I need downtime in my life. And my friends, for me, are that downtime. And... I think earlier actually in my like very young career, you know, kind of fresh out of university, my work friends were my kind of close friends. And I was finding it quite hard, finding that everything was so, so interrelated and interconnected. And it, and if I'm honest, my home life and my work life all became quite messy and quite entangled. And some people enjoy that. And some people like that it's all one kind of big bubble and that's great I suppose for me personally and I think Alex is quite similar I do need a bit of separation partly because as you say um I don't really know how one can truly relax if the people that they spend all their social time with are the same people that they engage in their professional work life with because they are two different elements of oneself and we all deserve that time to just be our natural selves and to just completely shut off. And as well, I find if work colleagues and friends are completely all the same bubble, you never really stop talking about the work. Exactly. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's great that you want to keep pressing forward and, and, you know, developing your work life. But you do want the time to just talk about nothing yeah, and rubbish. to just kind of completely switch into a different part of your brain and I think if you deny yourself that it's um it can become quite uh, almost depressive because it's essentially you're not just working nine to five you're working nine to nine every single day weekends included and that is that's a lot that's mm-hmm. a lot to mm-hmm. to handle so you know we're not sitting here telling you this is exactly how you should live your life but I think we're of the opinion the kind of work and social almost deserves to be separate because if if you make the choice that these work contacts are your home contacts then where is the real you in that I'm not sure Mm. because we all have to be a certain kind of person in our you know careers of course you, ha- yeah. you know like we're, as we're talking about this confidence i think for a lot of people that's not natural mm-hmm. it is making a you know concerted effort to be this confident collected you know professional person but then you know certainly for someone like me i'm quite a silly uh, you know jokery person in my downtime and I think that means in my professional life, people weren't taking me very seriously at the start of my career. And that really frustrated me because I am both. I am an incredibly professional person. I'm also an incredibly silly person. And I found that for me and my personality, I did have to start separating things because as I say, people wouldn't take me seriously because I joked so much. <laughs> um, and and there's a lot to, to kind of think about there, but it is an, an element of 
you said playing the game before and I really hate that phrase and I I don't really feel it is playing the game so much but it's like I understand myself better now exactly and if it means that I can be both of these things and keep these people in my life kind of separate then then that's okay and I'm okay with doing that but that's what people in other professions do all yes, the time yes. without thinking it's just yeah. because of the freelance nature of yes. our profession so that you know and we are much closer let's say as colleagues and friends than yes. maybe i don't know doctors are whatever definitely um, but you know i know my a friend of mine's father is a surgeon yeah and obviously he's really different in surgeon mode when he's at the operating table yeah. than to he's so silly at home yeah yeah um, and it's like you don't want them to be mixed up ever no, oh no. my god no yeah. so it, it is so normal that yeah, we, really we just point. sort of lost that yeah it's funny actually it reminds me like the first time i went and saw my dad at work um must have been like 12 13 something like that I couldn't get over how serious he was. And like people were very like, almost I felt like scared of him because he was a very, very serious man. And I literally was just like, my dad is an absolute joker. Like I can't compute this man with the man I know from home. And just as we're having this conversation, it is a similar thing. Well, for for some people, depending on who they are, that idea that you come to work, ready to work and your downtime is that, that free and open downtime and I think for some people that does generate quite a, a healthy separation between the two because you, you no person should be 100% work mode it just Ugh. it's not fair and we know those people and they're the worst <laughs> sorry shout out love to you all <laughs> all cast all cast this is your five minute call repeat all cast all cast this is your five minute call and then to kind of close up, yes, the fact that our industry is quite small can sometimes feel a little difficult to access. It can sometimes feel like, you know, it's only one kind of social world and it's quite hard to demarcate, you know, work life, home life, all these kinds of things. But equally, because it's quite a small industry, we do think another positive is the fact that surely the person you want to reach, surely the person you want to speak to is only potentially one or two people away. And we were talking about this beforehand, that idea of the theory of six degrees of separation. So I am only six other contacts away from any other person on the planet. I mean, I I find that mind boggling. But when we used to do like fundraising courses, that was a big thing they would say, like, if you wanted to get in touch with a big funder, at the end of the day, you're only six people away from that person. And you had to like sit down and try and work out like how you would do that but in our industry where it is small and you know there aren't actually that many people working although that we feel there's high competition in comparison to other industries there really are not that many classical musicians and singers out there so if there is something you want or there's somebody that you know that you feel could help you or improve whatever it is that you're doing I imagine they're only probably maybe one two three Mm -hmm. people away and Mm -hmm. so you know, as we were saying before about being confident and using your contacts and trusting yourself in what it is that you want to achieve, one likes to think that in this industry, it might even be more possible than others because you only have to speak to one person, ask them to put you in touch with one other person and you've, you've got yourself a conversation with somebody that could potentially really help you or benefit you. Yeah, it's such 
it's such a positive isn't it it really is it's <laughs> the end <laughs> <laughs> no i think i mean that that six degrees of separation thing really does shock me scary. um it's yeah terrifying yeah. i think isn't it and especially you know we're so um particularly as of as all freelancers mm. everyone is very tends to be more active on social media maybe yeah. than other professions i don't know big exaggeration i have no idea i know what you mean though. please shoot me down um so that's the thing yeah okay only maybe even two degrees of separation and very chatty two degrees of separation as well yeah. would be very willing to help yeah and yeah. put you in touch with someone who they know because they've done the same probably so mm-hmm. you know really is i'm particularly easy. with like social media i would say a lot of of our more established artists they they handle their own social media it's not like they've employed somebody to do it for them so if you contact them you really are contacting them and that is such a an amazing tool, you know, you think 50, 60 years ago, oh, imagine just popping Pavarotti a quick DM, you know, just having a chat with the with the guy himself. And obviously, I just think that's one of the great benefits. Like, you know, there are amazing artists out there, people like Louise Alder and Brindley Sherrett, who are really um, active on social media and they respond and they talk to everybody and they grow these networks and so I think you know I suppose what we're just trying to say is you know don't hold yourself back use those contacts yeah trust yourself yeah confidence so our episode on contacts is over so contact us (laughs) whoa we have so many ways of getting in contact with us um Helen do you want to shout out the social medias yes we're on instagram at dressing room pod we're on twitter at dressing room po1 and we're on facebook forward slash dressing room pod very nice and for your essays uh we have an email address which is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com and we have a beautiful website which is www.wheresmyfreakingdressingroom.com yes we'd love to hear from you and know what you think don't forget to subscribe. Mm. Don't forget to give us that sweet five-star rating. Mm. And um, we'll be back soon for another episode on the Dressing Room Pod. Bye. Bye-bye.